I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is a, I'm just that sad clowns. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is the Gloom, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Pack, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. From you on you know, just, just how this whole thing got started and kind of how, um, you know, how you feel like things are going. And um, I, one of the kind of questions that uh, we wanted to get your insight on was just tell us about that, that feeling when uh, you first came to Omaha and we're getting ready to launch. Uh, what, what was that like? What, uh, what sort of um, what's going on uh, mentally, emotionally, um, any nerves there or, Talk us through that. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely had my concerns about it. I, you know, not knowing how F3 would work outside the Southeast, you know, there was there was some concerns that what would it be like to get guys to work outside in the wintertime when it was really cold in Omaha. But um, it was, you know, we also were thoughtful, like, you know, when we first learned, or I first learned that, that F3 was going to expand here, it was about Christmas time, uh, 2017. And so they were like real gung-ho to launch in February. And I just kind of had to say to everybody, it's like, look, there's no way we can launch this thing in February in Omaha. I said, let's just hold off a couple of months. I think if we start in in that March, April timeframe that gives us some momentum through the summer to survive through, you know, to get it, get enough momentum uh, to, to take on the winter time here. And so, um, you know, we, I've been talking a lot about it lately um, because I've, I've had the opportunity to become one of the F3 nation troubadours. And, you know, F3 has really changed its philosophy on expansion you know when we were doing it particularly when it was a city like Omaha that was outside of kind of the southeast where the core of F3 was it was a pretty planned approach you know I waited two years uh, to to get approval to bring F3 to Omaha big one asked me the other day I, I told him um, see today's April 18th April 28th was the day I moved to Omaha in 2016 and so, he, you know, we all laugh because I've, I've posted that picture before, the F3 flags that are sticking in Turner Park. And he said, when you arrived in Omaha, how long was it before you put those shovels in the ground? I said, I literally parked my car. I pulled the shovels out of the car and stuck them in the ground. It was the very first thing I did <laughs> in Omaha. And so, um, you know, it, it, looking back on it, it really sucked to wait two years. But I also say now it was smart, you know, it, it gave me two years to meet people, uh, establish some relationships, meet guys like Brazilian and Kurds and Selleck and Placebo. Um, Cause if I had tried to launch right out of the gate, I would not have had the relationships with those Redwoods 
that were so instrumental to getting us started here. And so now, you know, F3's taken a completely different approach. And if a guy moves to Omaha or, you know, anywhere, um, Topeka, Kansas, what, wherever it may be, and decides he wants to start F3, when he gets out of his car and puts that shovel in the ground, he can start it, um, which I can't imagine, you know, like trying to do it that way. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the next few years as, as we've shifted our philosophy on, on planting shovels in new regions. Yeah, um, I guess, I mean, for, for people who may not be super familiar with how the Troubadour piece works, maybe you could kind of touch on what that looks like and, and, and your role there and how that's kind of changed your leadership? Well, you know, I, I think when you've been around F3 for a while, you you really um, appreciate the values and the, and the motto and all the principles that we use. I mean, I, I think that's what makes F3 Omaha so special um, is that, and, and, and I, I, I take that back to we learned from the best in Greensboro. Um, Wojo, who was in Nantan in Greensboro when I was there, the original Nantan, he's a troubadour. And so the, the role of the troubadour is just to make sure that F3 keeps its, its saltiness, you know, as we grow and expand and we want to maintain the F3 values across the world in all these new expansion sites, it's kind of the troubadour's job to support all the regional Nantans and this growth in a way that we stay true to who we are. And um, we have some really lofty growth goals. We, we wanna see 250,000 packs um, over these next few years to have access to F3. And I think that's an awesome goal. And uh, in, in getting that goal, you know, we, we wanna make sure that we stay true to who we are. And um, I think that's all about uh, picking up the six. It's about always ending in a circle of trust, being open to all men and free and all those things that we talk about every time we, we open up a workout. Um, and um, if you grow too fast and you don't have the right people in place to ensure that you maintain those values, it, it just won't be F3 anymore. So that's kind of the role of a troubadour. The guys that were around a couple years ago when we had our first anniversary, uh, Hello Kitty, uh, came out and joined us and Liverpool. Those were two uh, troubadours that were nice enough to come and spend some time with us and, and really helped us along at a really important time in our history, uh, just one year in. Nice. Well, just to maybe back up a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, how long you've been in F3 and, and that story of who uh, EH'd you and how you got the name, the infamous name of wait time. Yeah. How did that come about? It did. Um, so it came about for me. Um, I was nursing an injury. I, you know, my kind of go-to fitness, um, I don't know, I guess for the last tw 20 years, at least till five years ago, for 15 years or so there was running. You know, I ran a lot and, um, it just got to a point where some of my, my joints and the wear and tear running was beginning to, to kind of show itself. And I had a foot injury at the time and I was at the uh, neighborhood pool in, in Greensboro where I was at 
that's kind of a part of the culture there. There's people don't have pools in their homes. They have neighborhood pools. And we were a part of Green Valley Pool and I was swimming laps there. And I hated swimming, like hated one of the worst things ever. You know, I just hated it. But I, and, and it became one of the most difficult fitness things I'd ever done because I hated it so much, but I wanted to stay in shape. So I was swimming laps, hating life. And um, Tommy Boy, who's the Nantan um, in Greensboro now, um, and Houlihan were there at the pool and they EH'd me and they were telling me about F3. And I mean, honestly, if, if I would have been healthy and had been running, I'm not sure how open I would have been to join an F3, but at the time I really needed it. And um, I showed up on a Monday morning at, um, um, oh my gosh, now I'm forgetting the name of the workout. That's so terrible. Um, you give me a second, but I showed up at Monday morning at the workout and uh, butt fumble was a cue. And it was me and another new guy. There were probably 25 guys there that day. Um, and uh, we did this horrendous workout, um, a lot of bear crawl. Uh, I remember we did like uh, wheelbarrows and I, I mean, I was hurting. And what was so memorable about it was, is, is we went over near these um, uh, housing projects near the park and this fella comes out of the housing projects. And I, I imagine he was kind of ending a night. He'd been out all night and he had no shirt on. He had no shoes. I remember he had like cargo pants on and he, and he, he came, comes out and he stands at the top of this hill where we were doing a grinder and he was like cheering us on the whole time. And his name was Earl, like butt fumble or somebody else was, Hey, what's your name? Kind of somewhat EH'd him, but Earl wasn't having any part of our workout. And so at the end of the workout, me and this other FNG got named and and that guy, uh, the other FNG, became the Duke of Earl because of our friend at the top of the hill. I became wait time, uh, probably because I did my job so badly. I, I work, you know, for hospitals, as you know, Plague, you and I worked together in Nebraska Medicine at one point. And um, my job was kind of all, always around the patient experience. And I said, you know, part of my job is to improve service in places like the emergency department and those guys maybe had been to our ER before and they all just kind of laughed and they said, service, emergency department, it's nothing but wait time. And so, but Fumble said, your name is wait time. <laughs> That's the story. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Uh, a couple other questions here. So trying to get your impression of, you know, so we've got free to lead, you know, we've got Q source of all this different content that's trying to help guide us, you know, move us out of sad clown syndrome. And where do you, where would you see yourself at with, with this, the three F's, where do you kind of place yourself at? If you're um, looking at fitness fellowship and faith, where do you see uh, yourself at? Where do you see the most room for growth or maybe the most progress over time through F3? Um, you know, I, I, I don't, yeah, that's a good question. I, I was always somebody who took their health pretty seriously and maintained a fitness level. So I, I wouldn't necessarily think it was the first F is, is where I have grown the most. I, I, I'm definitely in as good a shape as I've ever been in because I think our workouts just challenge you that way. 
Um, but I would say probably the biggest area of growth that F3's afforded me is more around the fellowship piece. Because um, as I said, my, my kind of go-to exercise was running, which is a isolating, put your earbuds in and just take off and do your thing. And that was always my thing. I never ran with anybody. Um, I, I much more prided rigor and splits and pushing myself hard um, in my, my running um, than I did doing it along other people. And so that would have probably been the thing that I, what I, I didn't know what I didn't know, you know, about myself or what I needed. And that sad clown syndrome is I didn't realize I needed the fellowship piece as much as I did. And um, it's probably why had I not been injured, I, I wouldn't have even tried F3. And even, you know, the first several months of doing it in Greensboro, I was that guy who often, you know, just did the workout, didn't go to coffee, went straight back to my car and went back and gone on with my day. And um, it took me a few months before I realized the importance of going to coffee and cafeteria and the fellowship piece and how much more was there than just the workout itself. And it wasn't till I really started going to the Q sources um, and, and got more involved in the third F and grew that way uh, along with the fellowship piece that F3 really became a part of my life. And, and so, you know, what I would encourage guys to do is see how much more there is besides the workouts. You know, the workouts to me is just the entry point of F3. Um, it's not until you get involved with the fellowship and the, and the faith aspects of it that I think really it transforms your life. Absolutely. What kind of a follow-up question, because I've struggled with this myself and I, I know other guys do, but, you know, so, he, so here you are, right. And you're, you're like the Nantan, you're the guy. And, and then there's all these new guys and everybody comes in at a, at a different point. Right. So some guys come in and they're maybe accelerating more than you in some areas or some guys need a lot of help. You know, some guys have capsized their boat, all of that stuff. And so, how have you learned? Because it's, it's for a lot of guys, it's so awkward to build relationships. So, what any wisdom or insight there for like how do you how do how do guys escape the awkwardness of what can be uh, fellowship within the the realm of of other men? Um, you know, I I I, I would say um, what I have learned more than anything, maybe, is just the importance of guys being seen, you know? I mean, like, I, I, I don't think you have to try so hard. I think you have to see people, you know? And it, it, I think sometimes people think that in order to make a connection or to really um, build a strong relationship, you know, there's some sort of big thing you may have to do uh, to, to create those types of relationships. And I'd say it's, it's more the little things, you know, it, it starts with just knowing a guy's name, you know, it starts with no, you know, and then it maybe is knowing his kids' names or his M's name or things that are going on in his life. It's, 
running up beside him on a mosey or um, and, and just striking up a conversation during a pre-run. Um, and, and it, you know, it may also just be like, I, I, I once worked with a guy who um, I was, he was really good at relationship building. And I remember, you know, the, him talking about him texting, you know, all these different people in our organization. And I was like, wow, you text a lot of people that I have no idea you have connections with. And it was just sort of interesting to me. And so like, I, I just thought to myself, well, how do you just take that one thing and um, use it as a, a small building block to relationships? So like if, you know, you look at your phone and you look, how many packs do I have in my phone that I feel comfortable I could text a note of encouragement or an acknowledgement or just asking them how they're doing. And so I, I would just encourage guys not to overthink it, you know, just write up beside somebody um, and have a conversation with them. You'd be surprised how, how much that could be meaningful to someone just that they know they're seen. For sure. I think, I think it can be naturally intimidating, especially for some of the newer guys to just, come in and strike up a conversation like that. Um, even to just be vulnerable to a group of guys that you, you don't know. Um, I was talking with someone today, with Toadstool today, and it was one of those things where you say, well, you're going to find something in common with a group of guys that are willing to get up at 5 a.m. and go work out together, right? You've already got one thing in common. So there's bound to be endless other things that you guys have, but just taking the time to actually open it up with one, each, one another to figure out what that is, you know, building that relationship. I think that's huge. Yeah, I mean, be curious. Um, you know, I had a friend one time tell me he, he was kind of introverted and his dad was a minister. So they were around people all the time and he was being drugged to all these different church events and everything else. And he was like, I really struggled because I, I didn't really like to talk to people. And he said his dad gave him advice one time. He said, um, if you don't really like to talk a lot to people, it's pretty simple. Just ask him a question. You know, be curious. And, and you know, guys like me, guys like you, the two of you, um, we'll just then talk. <laughs> we'll let the introverts be quiet and we'll fill the air full of words. So, uh, yeah, right. I, I, can, I can definitely see it being intimidating or, you know, you kind of think, um, you kind of, it, it's real easy for a guy that comes into F3 and he looks around and he sees all these guys have these close relationships and thinks, oh, man, they've been buddies for their whole life, which in fact, that's, that's pretty rare in our group. Like, right. most guys haven't known each other for much more than a year. And um, I think for those of us that have been doing it for a while, it's really important in our culture at F3 to make it feel inclusive, you know, like include others, bring other people into the fold. Um, and the more we can do that, the more uh, people will feel like they have that sense of belonging to F3. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, is a, it is a powerful tool at our disposal, right? I mean, for a new person that are coming in, you're absolutely right. They could say, oh my gosh, these guys have known each other forever. It's just, that's how F3 works. And that's how it works for us. You build those relationships and it's so quick. It's almost, un it seems unnatural. Um, but you're just, when you're out in the gloom with the guys in negative 20 degree weathers in the winters and it sucks and it's brutal. And then you jump and hit cafeteria afterwards, you know, for 15 minutes. 
that's huge. And you really get to know a lot about the guys and you really start caring about each other. Well, I mean, think about Think about your life. If you post three or more times a week, there's not many relationships in your life outside of maybe your family and people you work with that you see that regularly. You know, either there's a, a group of guys I see five and six times a week, you know, probably in F3. And that's pretty unusual. And so relationships do get built maybe a little bit faster when you're seeing somebody on a daily basis and, and talking to them. So I, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I love what you said about, you know, it does take some time to realize that the value in coffee. I think a lot of us, you know, we, we tend to think, okay, I'm, I'm getting up early. I got to work out in now I'm going to get to the office early and we underestimate how much value there is in just 10 or 15 minutes at cafeteria and building those relationships. And so then we, we leave the workout, we go home and we just totally miss out on, on that fellowship piece there at coffee. So that I, I love that encouragement and the free runs too. You know, it's interesting. I was talking with Firewalker yesterday and, and he was saying a lot of his second F time is on those pre runs or even look at all the guys that, that enjoy rucking. I mean, that's a, a huge second F uh, opportunity there, but for sure. Yeah, rucking especially. I mean, I just yeah, not for me. <laughs> oh, come on now! I'm too busy trying to. I'm too busy trying to breathe, man. I can't do any talking. Well, Pony, but... <laughs> Pony Express. That's just where you ask the question, and you let the other guy suffer through the breathing. <laughs> that's right. So this this question has gotten a, a couple of guys is maybe a little bit a little bit deeper, but but we'll go there because I'm interested in in your your response here. But you know you're familiar with the concept of of D2X and kind of you know how does fitness fellowship and faith and you know working through some of the Q source stuff. How do we help guys really find the the place where they're meant to lead so they can impact the community. How do you feel like, do you feel like you're part of your journey with F3? Have you, have you been able to find that D2X or, or what's that journey been like for you as far as finding your, your true purpose or um, talk us through your experience there? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, for me, I think um, certainly it has in that, um, you know, when you come to, when you move across the country and you don't have any, family any connections to a community you know you have to be pretty purposeful and you know how you create a new life you create community you find ways to contribute into a community that you are still learning how to navigate and you know I guess for, for somebody like me F3 has created all of that um, opportunity and it helps you kind of discover places that you can um, use, you know, your God-given strengths and uh, make a difference in the community in, in many different ways. So, you know, it, it's one of those things, maybe for a guy who's grown up in Omaha their whole life, they might take some of that for granted. Uh, and you might not find that F3 um, reveals that as much as somebody like me who's new to the community. And, and Pony, you might feel the same way a little bit. Um, um, yeah, you know, absolutely. When, when we... 
So yeah. I, I don't know if that answered your question, Plague, but but I think you know it's just um, until you've like gone into a community and built a new life, um, you know, it it takes a lot of intentional effort, and you know, I. I always tell the story, I would have probably said this about both Greensboro and Omaha before F3, you know, and before I started F3, doing F3 in Greensboro, because we had lived in Greensboro for about four years before I started F3. And, you know, we'd lived here a couple of years before we planted a flag for F3. And if you would have asked me how I liked living in either one of those cities and how much it felt like home, you know, at best, I might have said, oh, it's fine, you know, but I, I didn't, I hadn't planted any roots here or anything and didn't, didn't necessarily feel like I had found my calling or my purpose that way. Uh, but, but once F3 got into my life, that, that changed everything uh, in terms of how I felt like I had some purpose in my life and I created community. Yeah, I, th I think some of it too is, is kind of what you had mentioned earlier about encouraging guys, you know, I think, you know, a guy comes in, leads the workout, you know, he starts to gain some of that confidence and then other guys providing some encouragement and helping them identify, Hey, you're really good at, at this thing, or, Hey, you, you know, you, you're really good. You did a really good job here or there and helping them to kind of see where some of those strengths are, where maybe in, you know, in their active sad clown syndrome, they were maybe just pretending. Um, and so I think, you know, there's some, uh, some opportunity there. I, you know, I think, I think for me, I, I still struggle uh, some days. I think the only thing I'm good at is running. Uh, and so, you know, there's been guys like you, wait time or, you know, others in the group that have, have just, you know, a random encouraging word to kind of say, Hey, there, you do have a strength here. And I think, um, it's a way to build relationships, but also to help kind of push guys onto that next level, help them kind of dig deeper into some of the things they may be good at that they don't realize. So I, I like that comment. I think Pony's got the, the last two questions here, and these, these are going to get a little bit more serious. Uh, oh, boy. All know. right, Pony. Uh-oh. <laughs> i gotta, I got to pull up the list. Plague sent it to me. He's, he's got me on a task list right here of questions I've got to ask. <laughs> no um well you know one of the things i don't know if you know the name of the podcast yet it's actually the gloom so g-l-u-e-o-o-m and so one of the questions that we've been asking people is what was the glue for you you know there's some intangible things that keep guys coming back what was it for you oh great question um you know, I, I just think it was, um, it was a couple of things. One, it was just like anybody else, I think being seen. Um, you know, I, I just remember going to the first workout and um, Sack, who um, is one of the Greensboro guys who really ended up being a huge impact on my life was at that first workout. I never met Sack before in my life. And, you know, he saddled up next to me during the run part of the workout and, and just became that guy for me that um, had that welcoming spirit, had that help, help every guy feel like they're seen. And, you know, Sack ended up coming out here to Omaha and leading our first workout 
during our launch uh, at Boys Town and just an incredible human being. Um, and so I think like a lot of people, it was, I felt seen, you know, it, it took me a while to realize it. It took me a while to um, open myself up to it and, and uh, appreciate it. But, you know, when I left Greensboro and, and came here, um, the way those guys surrounded me uh, and supported me, um, it, it just meant a lot in my life. It was a huge risk moving halfway across the country to, with my family, um, you know, and I loved Greensboro. I loved F3 there. I, I was grieving the idea that it wasn't going to be a part of my life anymore. And so I think it was that I, you know, idea that I felt seen, that I felt like I belonged to something um, that, that, you know, I could go into the gloom every morning and just have that fellowship, have that group of guys that I knew um, who just were a part of my life. Um, and, and I feel that way now, you know, I feel that way, you know, I look back on this last year with the pandemic and I don't know how we, um, without it. And, you know, I, we're not a, we're not a church or religious organization necessarily. Faith is a part of our principles. Um, but, you know, I think people in the church would say, well, you guys, you're not a religious organization. And we, we walk that fine line between, um, you know, where, where we need to be and how we help guys live out their faith. But because of the principles of faith and spirituality that are a part of F3, um, I think that we helped a lot of guys survive this last 12 months. And I, I know certainly it helped me survive, but I don't know, I would have lost my mind. I think that if I would have had to to stay hold up for as long as we have all this time and not had a, a group of men that I could lean on uh, when, when there were a lot of challenges and feeling lonely and feeling separated. And uh, it was just that thing that was my go-to. Um, so um, the 12, these past 12 months have, have strengthened, you know, my, my, my feelings about F3 and its importance in my life. Yeah. I mean, the past 12 months has been crazy and we've really had to adjust and, and we've grown a lot, um, which is crazy to think about, you know, yeah. in a time where people are isolating and, you know, trying to protect themselves. Um, we have found a way to bring in guys, you know, and kind of have an outlet for other men that may be going through some, some tough times in these past 12 months. So it's, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so I, I guess, I, I would say I feel even stronger, you know, it's not that these past 12 months haven't been difficult, but that I feel more resilient just knowing what we've lived through these last 12 months and, and and been able to do what you said, continue to grow as a group, and uh, it's it's been interesting. For sure, for sure. Well, that kind of brings us to our last question, real quick. And this is the last question we always ask, and it's, what advice would you give an FNG? Hmm. What advice would I give an FNG? Um, wow. Well. I think the first advice I would say is come back. <laughs> um, you know, like, like I, I, I really think the big thing is what we've, we've already said is um, 
see this as something more than a workout. Um, if you see this only as a workout, you are not going to fully appreciate its power. And so, you know, how do you, how do you ease yourself in? I, I don't really encourage an FNG to go too fast and think that, you know, they have to be queuing a workout in the first month of them joining F3. It's great if they do, but I don't think they should put pressure on themselves that way. Ease into it, get to know the guys, but, but do it through the fellowship piece. Um, the faith aspects of it will come along. And, you know, I, I don't think you should try to microwave um, a, a need to be vulnerable and share in a COT until you're ready. Um, but my, the biggest thing I would just say is, is take comfort in the fellowship parts of who we are. And because that's, that, that's where we're way more than a CrossFit gym or a fitness center or a personal trainer type relationship that you can go do if you just purely want to be fit. I love that. Yeah, I think keep coming, keep coming back and, and lean into the fellowship for sure. I think um, part of the reason we were uh, wanting to do some of this is to let guys get to know uh, the people around the pack that maybe they don't get to see. And um, we're grateful that you were able to just give us your story. This is really cool just to kind of hear from you uh, how your journey has been. So wonder if you would thank just you give, us, thank, give us yeah. the old... I would say give thank us you. The old, you uh, oh, yeah. Well, so that, to, to wrap us up, you want to give us the, the, the old uh, Namorama uh, yeah. call sign? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, thank you guys for doing this and helping to connect the packs and getting to know each other uh, on a little different level. And so it was an honor to be on it. And um, as always, I'm Chad Bruff, 49, wait time. Wait time. Wait time. Nice job, That's man. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, uh, appreciate you, man. We, uh, 